Welcome to IAQ Radio, the voice of the indoor air quality industry. Yes, the rules have changed. Yes, the rules have changed. Good day wherever you're listening from, and welcome to Indoor Air Quality Radio, IAQ Radio. Today's Friday, March 1st, 2013. Episode 276 is being broadcast live from our Studio C in McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania, where it's a snowy day. My name is Cliff Slotnick, known as the Z-Man. In the studio and at the controls is our engineer, Roxy V. Valbender. Hi, happy Friday. Today, my co-host, Radio Joe Hughes, and a panel of industry experts and notables will join the show remotely from the IAQA convention in Orlando, Florida. Today's segments include the IAQ Radio Trivia Question, an open discussion with Radio Joe and today's panel of guests, Daryl Paulson, Davidge Warfield, Mike McGinnis, and Eric Shapiro, and a roundup with our technical director, Dr. Dieter Weil. Remember, I write and post a blog after each show. Check it out at our website, www.iqradio.com. Now it's time to thank our marquee sponsor, Indoor Environment Connections, the newspaper for the IEQ industry. Subscriptions and advertising information is available at their website, ieconnections.com. John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop, Visit their website at www.jondon.com. That's johndon.com. Clean Facts and Cleaning and Maintenance Management Magazine, your source for cleaning and maintenance news. Visit them at cleanfax.com and cmmonline.com. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IQ Radio when you acquire about their products and services. To listen live, follow the link on your show invitation or to the Go to the Show button on the iqradio.com website. You can stream past shows directly from our website homepage, or they can be downloaded by going to the iqradio.com website, following the link that says Go to the Show, right-click on the download button and save to your favorite MP player, and of course, the show's available from iTunes. Don't forget, you can get your ABIHCM points, IICRC, Continuing Education Credits, or ACAC Renewal Credits by emailing Joe Hughes and requesting a quiz. Remember, Joe Hughes' email is joe.use at ieqtraining.com. Last but not least, please visit the IEQ Training Institute website for the most current dates for the training you trust at ieqtraining.com. Win a cool prize by outcompeting fellow IEQ Radio listeners and being the first person to correctly answer the IEQ Radio trivia question each week. Submitting your answer is easy. Email it to cslotnick at cs.com, or if you're listening to the show live via your computer, text in your answer. Congratulations. <laughs> to Andy Krozowski, Concast Metal Products, Mars PA, who in another photo finish last week each inched out the competition and was first with the complete answer to last week's trivia question, identifying Jimmy Carter as the U.S. president who signed into law the act creating the U.S. Department of Energy. The IEQ Radio Trivia Question for Friday, March 1st, 2013 has been sponsored by Triska, the Tri-State Restores and Specialty Cleaners Association 
who have been serving the needs of and advocating for their members for over 30 years. Remember, Triska is your link to industry training, certification, standards, and events. Their website is www.trsca.org. Now for today's trivia question. There are two active volcanoes on the U.S. mainland, which erupted during the 20th century. The better known is Mount St. Helens, which erupted on May 18, 1980, and was well documented by the media and made it famous. Name the lesser known volcano that erupted 66 years earlier. Okay, uh, today... Joe Hughes and a panel of experts and industry notables are down at the IEQ convention in Orlando, Florida, and I think we've, we've got them on. We have a little intro music for you. Breaking news. Joe, let's turn it over to you. It's been a crazy convention, a lot of fun, great attendance, three groups here, big uh, exhibit hall, the biggest we've had in in the time I've been here. It's the 16th annual. And uh, it seems to be working really well with the ResNet people combined with the air conditioning contractors and the IAQA folks. About the IICRC and the IICRC standards, and there was an announcement posted on their website this morning, and maybe we'll just turn it over to Daryl and talk a little bit about that. Well, thank you, Joe, and thank you for having me on today. Uh, it's been a great show here at the IACUA, lots of great networking opportunities. Of course, this is the place where people come to talk about uh, the most new and improved and better ways to uh, provide services for our customers. It's been been great to be among all the experts here. Well, I guess uh, for the announcement, uh, it's funny, you know, one year ago I was on the show and I did the announcement for our change. And uh, we changed our name to Clean Trust, and we changed it back to the Institute. And now here I am again, I guess, with some uh, other important news. So thank you for having me on to share that. Uh, well, the uh, F520, as you know, is a very popular standard and reference guide that has uh, gone through the ANSI process. And uh, every five years we have an opportunity, and actually it's a, uh, it's a condition with ANSI that we revise our documents and incorporate any new information through the consensus body uh, that uh, find, found to be appropriate to put into the document. So while we were, uh, started that process about six months ago, uh, we have uh, uh, Jim Pearson as the standards chair for the S520 revision, and then we have Scott Armour, the vice chair. So they've already been working on that for about six months, but uh, it was a while back ago now that the S-100 and working with uh, ANSI, we had deemed that we did not have the proper documentation for the entire process. Uh, the documentation that was in question is where you have during your public and peer review, uh, well, some of the documentation anyway in question was that uh, when people send in their comments, it's uh, expected through the ANSI Essentials as well as the IICRC's own policy to then uh, get back to each one of these responders and response back to them whether we were able to use their input uh, and also why we didn't use it if we didn't use it. And some of that documentation during the ANSI audit, which is a random audit that they select various documents to be audited, and during that uh, ANSI audit of our 520, it was deemed that uh, there was a few things missing that were uh, should not have been missing. And uh, so uh, they uh, started discussing this back at the time when we had an issue with the 100. Now, these are both very excellent documents. And the volunteers and the people throughout uh, the nation, and in some cases uh, many other nations, that have helped with this, uh, we thank them all for all of their support and all of their hard work. However, for the integrity of the Institute and for the integrity and the character of ANSI, it is deemed, it was deemed necessary by our board to voluntarily withdraw this standard and uh, the S520 
so that it can be revised and appropriately and properly uh, documented in the area that is missing. And, and that area, again, was uh, one of the biggest areas uh, that is just unacceptable. It is Although we had many comments very well documented, we did not have them all. And uh, that's not an area where you get to fudge or get to bend or get to lose that documentation. Now, of course, the good news is is that we've recognized these deficiencies and shortcomings, and we now have an ANSI-certified, uh, experienced uh, consultant that's working full-time, Millie Washington. And uh, we have also made a large investment last year uh, to have the COBI system where we uh, – it's a work – place where all of our volunteers and consensus body get to record all the comments, and it really helps a lot with our documentation. So in future, we feel we've, we've uh, identified the shortcomings, figured out ways to, with the use of a certified ANSI specialist, Millie Washington, plus the software, those, those tools that are available now uh, in that investment, and now all our, our volunteers and chairs are very well uh, versed with that, we just completed the S600 and the 800, which last month we put up for public and peer review. And of course, you know, we'll certainly make sure that those I's and T's are dotted and crossed properly, and so that all the work the volunteers do will be recognized in, in a good way. Now, I do look at this, Joe, uh, uh, Cliff, and, and uh, you and the listening world out there. I do view this as an opportunity to make this document even better. And, of course, we will be collaborating with IESO also in their document that they're working on. And uh, I've here been talking with uh, Dr. Wei and uh, the new president, uh, Don Weeks. And uh, so we'll be discussing ways that we'll make sure we'll cite each other's information. So although this is disappointing, we, we still have the document available as an IICRC standard, but without that ANSI-approved um a stamp, and so therefore we'll only be able to sell the S520 document as an IICRC standard uh, until it's revised, and we'll only be able to sell it electronically, of course, because our hard copies had the ANSI approval stamp on it, and we're voluntarily withdrawing that until we revise the new one, and we will go through the process as we are on the S100, and uh, we we plan on uh, getting a good, warm reception on that. Now, our S-500 went through an audit years ago, and it passed. Uh, that's our water damage, and that's in revision right now. And so uh, that's the update on the S-500. And, of course, there are several other documents now that are going to enjoy the benefit of our, uh, of our uh, expert, Millie Washington, certified in ANSI development. Uh, of course, many of you know her involvement with AIHA, and the 15, 20 uh, standards that she was involved with there. So we feel blessed to have her on our team now, and uh, we're grateful for the tools we have. And uh, just uh, would be remiss if I didn't thank all the volunteers for all their hard work and encourage them to stay involved and make these documents the best that we've ever had. And uh, so, and I thank you for this opportunity to share. All right. Thank you, Daryl. I also want to point out, Cliff, that... It's been really interesting that a lot of the presentations here at the IAQA conference are very much uh, somehow attached to the S520. So, for instance, later this afternoon, we've got a presentation by Larry Roberts on, on Larry Robertson on post remediation verification. Well, that term came out in those documents. So, the documents aren't going away. They'll be here. They'll just get better as time goes on, and uh, I, I really appreciate Daryl coming on and giving us such a great thorough explanation of the issue because there's been a lot of, like, I don't know, just kind of uh, rumors around, and we figured let's get it out and get it right, and ICRC has done the right thing. All right. Hey, look, we've also got a couple of other guests here, and what I'd like to do is kind of go around the room and, and say hello to a few of the folks that have been on the show in the past and will continue to be helping us from time to time. We're going to start, we're just going to go left to right and start with Davidge Warfield, who's with us, and get his impression on how things are going here at the conference and if he learned anything new. Hello, Cliff. Uh, long hey, time Cliff. to talk. Absolutely. I uh, just, uh, just wanted to add a little bit of flavor from the change in IICRC to what is generally going on here in the conference and what I viewed 
I've been in conferences, I've been at IQA probably since the beginning, and it seems like the excitement, the fervor, and more importantly, the interaction with other professional organizations seems to be on the increase. It's amazing in certainly the technical seminars that I've seen that the level of professionalism is far greater than it ever has been. Most of the information is peer-reviewed. It's excellent science. And the integration that we can have with other associations and other disciplines to help indoor air quality seems to be of a major benefit. And I'm excited to see the association. I know every year I get stuck in the same old rut until I get to an association meeting. But I feel this one lends a little bit of uh, excitement to the otherwise humdrum day of everyday living. Hey, hi, Cliff. How are you? Uh, I'll respond from two standpoints. First of all, I want to recognize Elliot Horner. This is the second year that he's been responsible for the technical content of the uh, meeting, and he did a fantastic job last year, and I've run out of superlatives to describe what he's done this year. I mean, it's just over the top. It is tremendous. I hope that somehow the IA2A board is able to tie him into a 20-year contract in doing this. Uh, the second perspective is from the exhibition, the uh, expo. Uh, it has been really tremendous. The traffic has been great as an exhibitor. Uh, it's an investment I'm very happy that we made. Uh, we've had great conversations. We've, we've started a lot of new business, so... Uh, it's a great year. Mike McGinnis here. He's got to run, but we wanted to get a quick word from Mike. And uh, maybe uh, I want to add that Bob mentioned all the different organizations, quite a few AIHA folks here, the American Industrial Hygiene Association, ASHRAE. has some people here, actually, I think the incoming president of ASHRAE yeah, is here. Bill Benfliff. Bill Benfliff. So it's been a great, call, uh, a great show. Mike? Hey, Cliff, Mike McGinnis here, buddy. How you doing? Good, Michael. How are you? Good. It was uh, like old times last night. Uh, we were out to dinner with Pete Consiglini. He was uh, holding court and entertaining the entire 20 people sitting around a uh, hibachi grill at the uh, Japanese restaurant down here. So uh, the, the uh, second the word sushi came up, you ca- immediately came into my mind. And uh, I'm pretty sure you would have approved of what, you know, when it came time for me to order, I just told the waitress, I have what Pete ordered. And that was the end of that. Well, hopefully but, uh, we'll do it soon at, in, in New Jersey at this upcoming uh, damp building event. Yeah, I will see you down there. I got the, a presentation or two that I'm putting on and uh, been spending a lot of time down the Jersey Shore, actually. So that's why I'm down here. I kind of talked to Wei Tang at the last second and said, you know, uh, I'm seeing a lot of stuff at the Jersey Shore that, uh, you know, isn't going well because, you know, uh, one of the main things I'm seeing is nobody knows how to dry homes in cold weather. Uh, it's not like hurricanes in Florida or, you know, uh, uh, Louisiana or anything like that. And as a result, people are rebuilding their houses, and they're already getting moldy on the rebuild. Uh, a lot of houses are moldy, you know, that haven't been even dried out yet. So I'm down here to share a few things as to what to do, what not to do, uh, how not to get uh, arrested by the state police that are patrolling, uh, you know, the rich barrier islands down there. But it's been a lot of fun, and I, I did like the expo a lot. I spent most of my time in the ResNet section and the, uh, you know, with those folks in the energy raiders and air conditioning contractor guys. So uh, it's been a good show for me. I have to run uh, because, as you well know, I always wait to the last second for pressure. So i got to finish up my presentation before too much time goes by. Okay, so thanks, thanks for your time, and I'll see you in Atlantic City. All righty, we're looking forward to it. Before you run out, let me get one quick question. What's the biggest mistake? Is it the lack of heat in the buildings with, with respect to the drying, is that the biggest problem you're seeing or is it something I'm missing? Well, uh, not to play uh, with words or anything, but the uh, perfect storm Sandy resulted in a perfect storm of uh, buildings not being able to get dry. There's no utilities down there in many places. There's no power down there in many places. There's not enough, uh, you know, you, you don't, uh, refrigerants are freezing up because of the cold. It was so cold that the bay froze, which, you know, brackish water typically doesn't freeze unless it's real cold. Guys, refrigerants are freezing up. Uh, the, uh, you know, the desk and dehumidifiers are blowing cold air on surfaces that they need to dry. Uh, a lot of guys don't know what they're doing. They're cutting stuff out. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be a while. It's, uh, it's going to take time, but we will be back. And I'm wearing my Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes T-shirt just to show that we're going to bounce back. 
So I'll turn it over to you guys. Take care. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, right. Mike. Thanks, Mike. And look, Sky, I just noticed the Asbury Juke ship on here. <laughs> there you go, Mike. Thanks for joining us. I know you've got to run. Hey, we've got another gentleman here with us, Eric Shapiro. Um, new to the show, uh, not new to me. I've been on committees with Eric for years now. Great gentleman. Let's uh, talk between Florida and New Jersey, indoor air quality services. Eric has done both consulting and contracting. And when Mike was talking about the shore, made me realize I've got somebody here who's doing a lot of work at the shore right now after Sandy. And I just wanted to hand it over to Eric and get his thoughts on the conference. Uh, maybe there was something you picked up in particular. And also, uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about what's happening at the shore. Cliff, how are you? Good, Good to be on the show and hello to everybody out in the audience. Uh, there's a lot of things to pick up on here. Uh, first, let's uh, start at the beginning, even what Daryl talked about with the IICRC. And uh, Joe mentioned there are a lot of presentations here that are referencing the IICRC. It's integrated. It's not going anywhere. Okay? So uh, uh, I'm sure those issues will get resolved. Uh, some things I really like here, uh, David spoke on it. Uh, the ResNet people, the ACA people, have given the IAQA people here other presentations and other, you know, other dimensions to look at and to uh, expand their scope. Also, I've seen a change in some of the ResNet and ACA people are taking the indoor quality issues, I think, a little more serious. And uh, so there, there seems to be a good integration. And as being someone out in the field on the contracting side, how many people have a hard time finding a mechanical contractor that you can work with that understands your indoor air quality issues? Uh, you know, it's difficult, but, but they're here. All right, so I really like that. I really like that integration. Uh, you know, I hope it moves forward, and uh, and some of their programs have been interesting. Uh, we have some really good programs here. Uh, the, the Expo, uh, I need to hide my credit cards, and I need I need a chaperone because you can go you can go broke with all the goodies there. Uh, but there's a lot of information. Uh, one of the things I like, uh, uh, I, I've heard from Don Weeks, the new IAQA president, uh, there seems to be a little more outreach internationally. And I'm liking this also. And there are some people here from other other nations, and uh, I like where that's going. And, uh, you know, there are things going on now to uh, establish chapters in other countries. And I think yesterday they just signed a, uh, a, uh, a joint memorandum with uh, a group out of Brazil. So... Uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, very, very, uh, very, uh, good news, uh, excited. For those people in the audience that don't ever come to this, you gotta, you gotta plan on 2014 uh, uh, down in, uh, in, in Tennessee. It's gonna be at the, uh, around the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville. And you heard Mike talk about dinner. You meet new friends. You meet great, people to network with. Uh, you know, if, if for IAQA as part of a membership drive, your people are missing the social benefits. We're having a great time down here. Uh, as far as Sandy goes, I'm boots on the ground there, uh, along uh, with guys like Mike. He's 100% correct. Homes are not getting dried. They're being rebuilt. We're just waiting for the warm weather. Uh, and unfortunately, too many... Uh, out-of-state, fly-by-night people coming in. Uh, they have the prepaid cell phones. They do a little work. A month later, you can't find them. The cell phones are in a the trash. They're gone back to wherever they came from. Uh, you know, so there, there are a lot of issues going on. Uh, and hopefully, when you're in Atlantic City, I'll be there. Uh, we need education. Not so much within our industry. We need it out to the consumer. Uh, and, and, and that's, that's where it's gotta go. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people are just getting, uh, getting hoodwinked and, and does the consumer know where to go to really get some reliable information? So, uh, that, that's my concern there. Uh, and, uh, and, and on that, I'll turn it back over to Joe and we'll move on. Hey, Joe, I've got one, one, one question for Eric, if, if I may. Yes. You know, Eric, you know, uh, Mike McGinnis commented on all these difficulties. Uh, in drying and the fact that there are no 
uh, you know, utilities uh, available there and that, uh, you know, they're trying to use uh, refrigerant dehumidifiers in in cold buildings and and they're freezing up. You know, one of the things that we all know looking at a psychrometric chart is that this is the driest time of the year. And, you know, that outside air is very, very cold, but it's also very, very dry. And it would seem that, you know, just, you know, if, if you blew in dry air from the outside that they should not be having the problems in drying these houses. I mean, do you agree with that or not? Well, the air may be dry, but I'm not concerned about the air being dry. I'm concerned about the wet building materials. There, the, the, the structural lumber that are in these crawl spaces, they're wet. They're off the charts wet. So the air may be dry, but the materials are wet. And the only way we're getting them dry is to get heat in there. Uh, sometimes we've got to get temperatures at least above 70, and I'm, I'm seeing better results at about 80 to 90 degrees, all right, to get the moisture uh, to start releasing from the, uh, the building materials. And you've got to have the heat. Uh, the only ones or maybe the few that are making some good money uh, are all the companies renting refrigerant dehumidifiers. Uh, you know, they're, they're renting a lot of them, but they're not, as Mike said, really doing anything. Uh, and then people are using a lot of fans, but they're blowing cold air onto cold surfaces. We need that heat, uh, and we've got to heat up that structural material uh, to get, uh, you know, to get the water out. Uh, and that's the only thing working. Uh, and, of course, you can't plug anything in if you don't have power. So they've got to be generally portable, trailer-mounted, self-contained units, uh, and they're, they're just not that many available. Okay. Thank you. All right, Cliff, before we go to Apple, I'd like to turn it back to Bob Baker because Eric brought up a great announcement that was made here at the conference and, and when he was talking about international partners. And, by the way, Eric does a good bit of work in Australia as well. But um, he made an interesting point about international outreach, and I know Bob Baker is much more familiar with the uh, announcement made here today, and I'd like to have Bob just talk for a minute about it and how significant that is. It's apparently a a big organization in Brazil, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I was invited to set in a meeting uh, between Roberto from Brava. Uh, which is one of the Brazilian organizations yesterday. Uh, I was down in Brazil as an ASHRAE Distinguished Lecturer in September and met with, uh, visited their headquarters, visited the ASPREF headquarters, and was there for the Sinai Education Week. To give you an idea of the, it's an interesting industry in Brazil. Uh, first of all, Brazil is undergoing huge expansion and movement into bringing the uh, large middle class and lower classes into the world where things are air-conditioned, where indoor air quality is a, a factor. There's unbelievable level of construction going on in the country preparing for the World Cup and the Olympics following. Uh, they're building hotels, stadiums, everything else all over the place. And it's a very exciting place. And and you talk about great people. The the Brazilians are some of the most friendly, outgoing people in the world. And so I was down there. We we were talking about some of the opportunities and bringing in indoor air quality. And at the same time, there were discussions underway between Tom Weeks and the people in in Brazil. So uh, they've signed a memorandum of understanding to bring this closer together. And I think this is a really, really nice sign of the times because another thing that's going on at this conference is Bill Bantlett, who is the president-elect, he'll be president of ASHRAE July 1, has been here all week. That's very unusual for somebody as busy as an ASHRAE president-elect to spend a whole week at a conference. And the reason he's been here is ASHRAE is reaching out, like IAQ is reaching out to other organizations to develop relationships and find ways that these organizations can work together to make things better for the general public. And that's really exciting to be part of something like that that's developing. And I think what's going to come out of it is everybody's going to be improved. And you were talking about one more thing. Uh, the list 
of countries that have expressed interest at this conference in setting up IAQA chapters, Singapore, Malaysia. Uh, pretty interesting. A lot of opportunity. Thanks to our association sponsors, the Indoor Air Quality Association, IAQA, a nonprofit multidisciplinary organization dedicated to promoting the exchange of indoor environmental information through education and research. Visit them at www.iaqa.org. And thanks to our advertisers, Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions, who use advanced sensor software technology and embedded computers to provide superior environmental test instrumentation. Visit them at wolfsense.com. Legends Environmental Insurance Services, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years. Learn about them at legends-enviro.com. And, of course, our marquee sponsors. Indoor Environment Connections, the newspaper for the IAQ industry. Subscriptions and advertising information are available at ieconnections.com. John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at www.johndon.com. Clean Facts and Cleaning and Maintenance Management Magazine. Your source for cleaning and maintenance news. Visit them at cleancleanfax.com and cmmonline.com. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IEQ Radio when you inquire about their services and products. All right. Thank you, Cliff. Cliff, I was just wondering, I've got, you know, four excellent uh, speakers and presenters here and, and industry experts. Did you have anything you wanted to follow up with with the guys? Uh, yeah, I actually have one follow-up, and it really deals with the expo. I'd kind of like to go around the horn and, and get each one of their impressions on, you know, what was the, you know, the coolest or most exciting thing or the newest thing that, you know, that they saw in the expo that they could tell our listeners about. Start with Daryl. Okay, well, for me, Cliff, it's always about people and relationships and getting ideas, aha notes, I call them, the, the, the uh, action, the things that, that trigger me into action to, to making improvements in my home or business or personal relationships. So, uh, and, and, of course, with the IICRC and having a memorandum of understanding in MOU where we partner with IAQA and RIA and AIHA and several other organizations listed on our website, uh, you know, this is actually putting some action behind the words of saying let's do an MOU where we actually come and we meet and we talk about how we're going to collaborate, work together. So for me, those were the benefits of what I saw is the continuing energy and effort put behind uh, working together with other organizations so that we don't have to uh, duplicate efforts and, and waste costs where other people are doing certain things they specialize in. You know, how can we work together? So, of course, I, I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of that. Kind of like the secret of living is giving. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of giving that goes on in these, in these conferences and in, in new ideas, new ways to work, new ways to be efficient. And you get to share with people actually in the field doing these jobs, professionals that you can tell know their business. And they're willing to share, and that's what I always find so great about coming to conferences and investing in the time uh, to be here is that willingness to share. And I think the passion of of this of our service industry is, is second to none. I, I marvel at uh, at the excitement people have to continue to learn and grow, be all they can be. So I, I saw a lot of that here, and, and I was excited about that. Thanks, Daryl. Let me follow up. We want to go around the room and do exactly what you asked. Right? When Daryl mentioned that, I wanted to point out one of the things I noticed, and I haven't been around as much, so I would like I have a booth here. We have a booth. But there are other organizations that have these MOUs 
just with boots here at the IAQA conference. I don't remember as much of that in the past. You've got NADCA here, you've got IICRC here, you've got uh, NAFA, the National Air Filtration, Nate, Resnet, Nate, etc. So, and, and if I left any out, guys, please uh, go ahead and, and tell our, our listeners when uh, you, we get down to you, because that is exciting. I, I think what Daryl is saying is really exciting in the IICRC and the IAQA and the American Industrial Hygiene Association and ASHRAE all reaching out to work together is only going to make us all better. It's just it's great to see. Let's go to Davidge Warfield. Uh, hey, Joe, you stole a little bit of my thunder because that's exactly what I was going to mention. But secondly, I think the other thing is to see some of the government interaction, okay, and the government having booths here so that you can look at the Home Energy Service Program and talk directly with them. You know, it's very difficult in days of Internet, okay, to get any communication or dialogue going and answer any questions. And I found that in addition to the association presence, the fact that the government now is recognizing that it wants to use the exhibit as their outreach program to the contracting association is very good. Secondly, you know, just technical things for me, you know, because I'm in the HVAC business and indoor air quality, it's great to see the merge of ACA and IAQA. But it's also, a, when I first saw the merge the first time in Nashville, Tennessee, people were on different sides of the room and they weren't talking to each other. Now it seems like there's a little bit of more integration, people bringing themselves together, and I, I found that also. also saw in the diagnostics, okay, have improved a lot and being able to data log a significant amount of information. I saw some new toys and tools that were out there that haven't been there to help us in the investigation world in HVAC stuff. Well, uh, again, I think the integration and the, the outreach is really the theme of this conference. Right before I came to this, I came out of a session where you had Don Weeks, who's the president of IAQA. You had... Uh, uh, board member from ACCA, you had uh, Bill Bainflet, the president of ASHRAE, uh, and Bill Fisk from uh, uh, Lawrence Laboratory, all on a panel. I mean, when have we had this at IAQA where you had this kind of a industry-wide leadership panel all together? Uh, another thing that uh, opportunity that was brought out at this conference is uh, Tracy Lance from EPA was making a presentation, and one of her things that she announced was an acceleration of the integrated pest management program. And for those of you that don't get involved in that, the idea behind integrated pest management is that you create physical barriers to pests getting into buildings. Well, uh, we had a discussion as part of that presentation about what level of training are people getting to make sure that when they start sealing up those openings, they're not sealing up drainage openings, weep holes, and creating, I put it kind of jokingly, more opportunities for the industry, but really worse building problems. And that created the opportunity for us to get involved as an organization into the EPA program to start providing that level of education so that when they go out and start sealing up those holes, they seal the right ones and not the wrong ones. I just want to check on Bob Roy. Commenting on what you were saying, one other thing I thought that was very interesting here and that I've never seen an association and I thought was a big move forward was to have one session or one seminar that was dedicated towards meeting the board and answering and asking the questions to the board. Because, you know, finally uh, we see people walking around and you see a board member here, a board member there, but when can you get the entire board to be willing to sit down and address any question and any issue for the entire membership? I thought that was fantastic also. Well, well said, Davis. I want to add one point to what Davis said earlier before we take it over to Eric. When he mentioned government booths, I had the opportunity to go over and talk to the Florida Department uh, Department of Bureau of Professional Regulation, which I've never had that chance. They have a booth here. They're the folks that license the HVAC contractors and the mold remediators and numerous other people here in Florida. We got to go and look eye-to-eye at the guy and talk to him a little bit about the issues with Florida, in this particular case, mold licensing. And it was it was wonderful. Uh, Scott Armour, who 
helps with the IICRC uh, programs, especially the S520. Uh, we've got a chance to talk about their new mold remediation specialist certification with the bar- with the department, and you know, try to figure out right face to face how do you get that approved, etc. So it was a it was a great opportunity. I'd like to turn it over to Eric for a moment because I know he got a chance to go around a little more than me, and I'm, I know he had some insight. Yeah, Cliff, uh, a few things, and to add on what Bob and Davidge and everybody uh, has said here, uh, and you heard Bob talk about integrated pest management, and why do I bring that back up? Uh, I know Joe for years sitting on the IAQA's Home Health Committee, and you talk about our outreach and memorandums of understanding. We've been working with Children's Mercy Hospital and the National Center of Healthy Housing. And so at this conference, there have been a lot of sessions where that term healthy home has come up. And we've been working on this. And so um, hopefully I'm seeing a move outside of this, you know, everybody thinks it's just mold, and we're getting into an integrated kind of a or comprehensive assessment now of homes and buildings, which part of the principles of a healthy home include what Bob just mentioned, integrated pest management. So you've got to get involved and start seeing all these concepts and how they relate to each other. So uh, that's one that brings in the, you know, the, the memorandum of understandings with different organizations, how we're moving forward, and hopefully, Joe, all the work we've done, I hope that progresses and, you know, there, there's more on that front. Uh, the other thing, and David said, you know, we're walking around the expo and the goodies and the toys. Well, sometimes in our indoor air quality uh, 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 industry, our remediation, we kind of get in the box of looking for something, and we can't find it, and we're thinking, well, you go to look at ResNet, you look at the ACA and their, their exhibitions, you'll walk around and find equipment or tools, and the light bulbs go off. I've been looking for that, and that may help in a client's problem, but you might not have realized that that technology is out there because you've been looking within your own industry. All right, so I've seen a lot of that out there, especially when it comes to air filtration and ventilation units and things that, you know, IAQ assessors, you know, hey, we got a problem, where do we go? You're looking in your old catalogs from remediation supplies and this and that. you got to get outside the box. There's other industries with equipment and tools that we've got to bring them in. All right, and, and Davich has a lot of uh, background with the HVAC and, you know, these ACA people. I mean, they can be a great resource and tool, and you're right here meeting them. And, you know, what you got to do is they're from all over the place, so no matter what state you're in, you can network and find some people that know what you're doing, you know what they're doing, so uh, it's good. And one more thing I'd like that I heard in, in some of the meetings, there are some things coming up with uh, maybe a little disconnect between what's going on in our industry or or in, in, in the fields of science and research, and then to disconnect from the research to get down to the field practitioners. So I've had a few conversations, and, uh, you know, uh, I think it was discussed uh, yesterday at a breakout session about, you know, getting the researchers around the world that have all this knowledge and getting them more talking to the people in the field. So what were your conclusions? What are the abstracts? Well, you've got to make it readable for us field people who are not scientists, all right? And can we take that research? Is it applicable? And we've got to be able to give the feedback to the researchers what we found out using, you know, the information they've had. So, you know, that, that's another thing I, I, I think will become and I'd like to see because there's a disconnect, I think, out there between research and what filters down to the field. So uh, I'll turn it back to you, Joe, and... Cliff, do you have any follow-ups before we move on? No, I'm good. Okay, great. I I would like to maybe get into a couple of the specific sessions that people saw here. I don't know. Let me check my timing here. I want to bring Dr. Wow in, but let's go once around the horn, and maybe we can get one session that stood out in people's minds. I'd like to start with the um, session I saw on flame retardants. And it's the reason is that Eric jogged my memory on this. Uh, we did a there was a session here on the flame retardants that are found in usually furniture, but numerous other uh, contents within homes. And and there's a lot of research and concern about the potential health effects, and more so long-term health effects 
uh, chronic exposure to these flame retardants. And one of the presenters, and I, I don't remember off the top of my head who because it was a panel, brought up some tips from the Silent Spring Institute, and it was that to try and reduce the flame retardants in your home, the first thing you had to do was to go natural, so to use more natural products, uh, you know, just like when you're building a home, if you can use more stone and more glass and more uh, long-term, long, old-growth wood, etc., that you have less problems with the uh, resistance to, you have better resistance to microorganisms, etc. So it kind of tied that together. They said if it's ripped, fix it. So if you have a tear in the in the cushion, you know, fix the tear in the cushion. Well, that is applicable to anything. It's maintenance. Uh, the other thing was keep the dust down. Well, in every everything we talk about, it's keep the dust down. It's an integrated approach. They talked about HEPA vacuuming and wet wiping. Um, the other thing was washing your hands frequently. Well, that's, you know, that's a good common sense thing to do with respect to numerous indoor contaminants, lead, uh, with respect to viruses and, and other communicable diseases. Um, and then they also talked about things like, you know, buying the right pajamas, et cetera, which were more specific to the flame retardants. But I like the integrated approach that we see, and I think people are slowly buying into that. Let me turn it over to Daryl. You want yeah. Well, I wanted to just uh, go back to a couple things Eric said. I, I missed that presentation. Others can maybe comment on the on the flame retardant. But one of the things that Eric brought up was just the tools and how important. Uh, one of my favorite things to go through uh, is to listen to these presenters in their booths sell their wares. Try to convince us as to why they have the tool. They have the the uh, prescription for the diagnosis. That we, that we make out of there. I kind of feel like we're property doctors in a lot of ways. We want these properties to function, the functionality to be consistent with science. And so we have to diagnose the problem or the challenge. We have to give the prescription. We then do the services, and then we need our verification. And we can decide whether that verification is just uh, waiting to see how things work or, or a third-party uh, independent verification, which I always prefer. But I look back at what does a professional really do, and I compare them to a doctor. So I think about, well, what tools are in your toolbox? And then I think about things like, well, what's in your wallet when you listen to all these commercials out there? And when I come through organizations like this and I look at how much time and money people put into coming out and supporting our show, and then they have these booths and these exhibits that I at least can go by and talk with them and see what they have to sell because they have some ideas. And it usually triggers other good ideas. So now, when I go to a doctor and if he just says, oh, well, you got the flu just like everybody else, here's your prescription. It doesn't feel the same if he asks me to stick out my tongue and puts a tongue depressor. Or if he, he feels my gland, or he takes out a stethoscope and listens to me breathe a little bit. And then he checks my blood pressure and my... You know, I'm feeling like he has tools, or she, to make a determination... And I think we need to have tools in our toolbox, not just the same old ones that we developed our career on and that we used in the past, but what's new and improved. So uh, I look at the infrared camera, for instance, in the restoration and the drying out. You know, that was in the fire departments originally. Talk about integrating from other organizations. We took that infrared camera, and now because it's a temperature differential tool, we can see when building materials are wet, they're cooler. And when they're cooler, we get to see that. Uh, and like they, the fire department would see that that's hotter over there, so they haven't put that fire out, and they don't want it to reburn again. So it was in their verification with these tools that they determined they'd put the fire out, and now restoration could start again. And so I like to hear these people sell with enthusiasm why their tools and why their instruments are good for our documentation, for our verification, and for our uh, experience out there being the solution providers that we claim to be, we need to really focus on the tools in our toolbox. And I think this show did that. Yes, sir. It's best of that. Okay. Um, you asked about what programs you thought might be uh, the best programs. I thought the level of professionalism, and I'll just comment and give Bob the credit here, that Elliot Horner gave. It's just simply phenomenal, this organization. It couldn't be duplicated. The two that I would pick, okay, if I, I would only pick two, okay, and I, I'm limited. I'd, I'd like to pick a lot of them, but the two that stand out to me, okay, one is Jeff May on allergens. 
uh, to get the level of knowledge. I mean, I don't have the time to play around with a microscope, and I don't get excitement about watching the sex life of Dustmite at all. But the level of knowledge that he has uh, in the biosciences, okay, regarding the ecosystem of our environment is phenomenal. The second one was from ASHRAE. It was Bill Fisk uh, and his uh, research on ventilation, in which he's describing the health-related costs. And I'll end this by rather saying that one of the focuses that seems to be missing but is becoming and is becoming integrated into IQA is the thought of energy. And balancing energy between the indoor environment and your structure is a triangle, I think, that's been missing. And IQA has reached out and looked at all three in a balance, okay, that I think is far better than any other association. Uh, one, one section that I frankly didn't expect much out of and was very pleasantly surprised was the out of the box. And it was a four of us that were panelists and were talking about, uh, conferences that had been held other than this since the last IAQ conference. That turned out to be fantastic because, uh, some of the things that relate to this industry were brought in and so the attendees at that session were able to profit from a lot of things that happened at other conferences and get some some references to things they could look into in greater depth. So I think Elliot's going to expand that and continue it next time. Uh, the biggest challenge for me at this conference was making choices. I've never had that problem in the last. There was always one, one track that was preferable, and I've heard – my colleagues here at the table talking about things that they saw that I didn't go to because I had to choose something else. And I'm sitting here saying, boy, I wish I had done that, but I still would have wanted to do what I did. So the choices were tough because there was so much good content. Thank you, Bob. The other thing I want to mention for listeners, because obviously in an hour show and, and giving you a feel for what happened here, we can't get into great detail on every presentation. As I understand it, IAQA, as I know they've passed out a thumb drive here. I assume that will be available to members. It may cost a couple bucks, but I know Elliot was very uh, adamant about making sure the presentations were available beforehand, were reviewed to some degree by the committee, um, not just along with the abstracts as well. And so those should be available. What we'll do is we'll bring Glenn Thelman uh, in next week or the week after and make sure we get that word out to folks. Cliff, do you want to go to the roundup? Yeah, Joe, I think so. Okay. Move him on, hit him up, hit him up, move him on, move him on, hit him up, raw high. Dr. Dieter. Hello. Hello, Dieter. Yeah, okay. You can hear me? Yes, we can. It was a little bit broken up over there, but, uh, oh, I have a couple of comments. I have perhaps one of, one of the better questions is, I remember going to those meetings. I haven't gone to the uh, later ones. I'm, I'm getting retired. <laughs> right. But anyway, I remember in the beginning, the hot items were measuring instruments and analyses, uh, possibilities. And then it switched a little bit. Well, that field was uh, full all of a sudden, and everybody, quote, knew what to do and what not to do. Then the emphasis uh, switched a little bit over to uh, ventilation because there were suggestions made by ASHRAE and other uh, uh, organizations in Canada, in the United States, and even in Europe. And uh, that was the thing on how to bring in extra air and how to do it um, intelligently. Uh, so I don't know what was the hot item uh, uh, this time. I think, I think I heard a little bit energy is all of a sudden a hot one, even though apparently we have so much gas that it is... Uh, so cheap, but my gas bill is going up. I don't know what's happening there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
there. You know what? Let me let me uh, let me give you some feedback on that. Ventilation is still a huge topic here, um, and I think Bob Baker would back me up on that one. And there was a great presentation today by Bill Fisk. Somebody mentioned it earlier, and followed by a panel that unfortunately I had to miss to get ready for this. But it was a huge, huge part of the show today, and they realized and recognized you can you can do all the energy efficiency and, and tighten up the building all you want, but you really need to take into consideration what that does to the indoor environment. So it's yes. still huge. Health, productivity, and energy. Okay. Great. Bob, I, have, I have been preaching uh, ventilation for, oh, about 30 years. Um, the other thing is, Whoever thinks that a microscope is a very boring instrument, <laughs> a microscope is a gorgeous, gorgeous and fantastic uh, uh, tool, and I like to use a microscope to look at things in the air, and I get an instant uh, impression of what is going on. Are the particles black? Are they green? Are they fibers or whatever you? I get a particle count. That is a naked number. It's Sterile number doesn't mean anything to me. Anyway, that's that's my stuff. The other thing, and I think Mike McGinnis said that also, is <laughs> with drying a building before you start uh, revamping it. And we had a flood here in Carnegie, which is basically Pittsburgh, a few miles away. In fact, quarter of a mile from my house, I am in Pittsburgh. But doesn't matter. There was a flood. And, I mean, it was a nasty flood. And I was actually the only one in the whole area over here who had moisture meters and knew a little bit about that. So I ran around, and there were friends of mine and acquaintances. I said, DJ, you know mold. What are we going to do? Well, first thing I figured out was uh, that the generator uh, should not be run in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, we we pulled one guy out, and uh, he ended up in the emergency room with uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. But the other one was there was one lady, and now it's like three weeks later or something like that. And it happened during relatively during a warm uh, period of time. I knew two guys. They are excellent handymen. They do roofing and siding and, 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 and plumbing and what have you. And they worked. I know them. And uh, I told them, I said, hey, guys, here is a moisture meter. If it's not dry, don't button it up. But there were the, 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 the ladies of the house. I said, I'm sick of tired and tired of getting in my kitchen with all these open walls over here. I called another contractor, and he's going to fix it for me tomorrow. Well, he did. Unfortunately, we had to rip it out again <laughs> two weeks later. So that is a thing that really has to be checked, and, uh, uh, checked uh, uh, very carefully. Another thing. And I think that's where we are all making mistakes. I just attended uh, the local meeting of the American Industrial Hygiene Association here in Pittsburgh. In fact, that was last Tuesday. And um, uh, we were discussing, there was a speaker from uh, uh, headquarters was here. And the um, uh, attendance, the, the membership is going down. And that has something to do with economy, but I think it also, and we not, I think, we know so, uh, there are not enough people coming uh, back into the sciences from the engineering departments and from the physics departments who want to go into indoor air quality uh, and or industrial hygiene. And there is a lot of overlap between those two professions. And one of the reasons I, I always think is we have to learn about indoor air quality right now what, when we are adults. Why didn't we hear anything about it when we were in high school? We heard, hear about hygiene. We hear about smoking. We hear about uh, driving by the speed limit and all of that. I never been. Of course I didn't. Nobody ever talked about indoor air quality. We had other things to worry about when I went to school at that time. And uh, so that, I think is something that we, be, we should be looking at that sometime and say, how can we, how can we tell people that they're not going to say, what the heck is indoor air quality? I don't know and I don't give a damn. Uh, that that is, oh, yeah, that is interesting. It has something to do uh, with that. So what do I have here? 
You bring up a good point. It's the one thing I would say we need to work on a little more here at the conference is bringing more young people in. I didn't see that as much as I would like. I don't know. I see Bob shaking his head there. And, uh, it's something we know is a problem, and you bring up a great point, though. We need to work on that. Absolutely. It needs attention. There's no doubt about it. Yes, yes. Oh, let's, uh, Cliff, I know we're, we're basically out of time. Is there any final comment or question you'd like to throw out to the group or if anybody here has anything they'd like to? No, add? I'm good, Cliff, Joe. I'd just like, like to thank everyone for participating. All right. Well, let's let's do that, and uh, let's, let's wrap it up from here in Orlando. First of all, I want to thank our technical director, as always, for joining us, Dr. Dietrich. Wow. Val, it sounds like it went okay from here. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, we might have some cleaning up to do, but yeah, it should be all right. <laughs> no problem. I appreciate that. The honesty is important. I uh, also want to thank you for helping out and driving down to Pittsburgh today. And, uh, of sure. course, the Z-Man, great job, Cliff. I want to thank our guest, Mike McGinnis, who had to leave a little bit early, Eric Shapiro. Daryl Paulson, David Warfield, and Bob Baker. Bob will get your name on the list too. Here, I didn't have it. Bob was a last-minute um, catch, uh, a great catch actually, and we really appreciate having him join us. Please come back and join us again in two weeks. Val's on vacation next week, and we can't do anything without her. So, in two <laughs> weeks, the next broadcast of IAQ Radio. Hey, get rhythm. When you get the blues, come on with them. When you get the blues, get a rock and roll feeling in your bones. Put taps on your toes and get gone, get a rhythm. When you get the blues, a little shoe shine boy, he never gets low down, but he's got the dirtiest job in town. Bending low at the people's feet on a windy corner of a dirty street. Will I ask him while he shine my shoes? How'd he keep from getting the blues? He grinned as he raised his little head. He popped his shoe shine rag and then he said, Get a rhythm. When you get the blues, come on, get a rhythm. When you get the blues, a jumpy rhythm makes you feel so fine. It'll shake all your trouble from your worried mind. Get a rhythm. When you get the blues. This has been another IAQ Radio production.